110 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan on the football field. We don't want to coach average. We do want to win because winning is the epitome of team effort. Every coach who ever put a whistle around their neck strives to be the head coach at The Ohio State University. Welcome back, everybody, to Buckeye Bar, guys, here on Buckeye Bar Talk. I'm Mike. And I'm John. And uh, tonight's date is Tuesday, November 22nd, 2022. And we are four days until the game against Michigan three days once everybody actually once this will most likely be released. So everybody will get to hear it tomorrow morning. Um, so again, big game coming up down the stretch here. Uh, excited uh, that we'll be playing uh, Michigan. Um, I saw that, uh, you know, I, but uh, they were talking, I saw uh, Bo Bishop who's in the, the Columbus uh, on uh, the fan down in Columbus. He put up our, the other day that, whether yesterday or today, I can't remember when I read it, but it was, uh, you know, we're not looking, uh, it's not revenge. We're looking for it's a reckoning, which is, uh, one of my favorite lines from one of my favorite movies, tombstone. So, uh, I, uh, doc holiday, baby doc holiday. Yeah, I appreciated that one. So, uh, so that's kind of been my motto now going forward. So, Tonight's show, uh, like we said the other day, we're doing uh, three this week. We did first one the other day to get through the Maryland stuff. Um, tonight, uh, rankings, and then we're going to start our Michigan discussions. Uh, John's got his stats that uh, he normally goes through, and then we will kind of talk about different susceptibilities that we might have seen from both teams, uh, you know, and, you know, things that the teams need to do, either team needs to do to really win this game. And then our final show of the week before the game, we will get into, you know, all of our our breakdowns of the player of the games who we think and, uh, you know, score predictions and any other things, you know, any good memories probably that we want to oh, yeah, talk about for sure. before the game. So we'll have some stuff to discuss about that. Um, all right. So let's get into the rankings. Uh, top six going into this uh, Ohio State or Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU. So none of that has changed. LSU is in at number five and USC at number six um, committee kind of threw out there on the show, the committee chairman that uh, they felt LSU's wins are better than USC wins at this point. And uh, you know, they expected a little bit more from USC's defense in that 48, 45 game the other night against US UCLA, which, you know what? I mean, you can say what you want about defenses. I mean, that was a hell of a game. And, you know, those are two rivals playing each other. And I mean, I thought it was a great game. I mean, I watched that thing yeah. much start to finish with some turning around to some other games, but you know, I pretty much the whole second half, I was just squarely focused on that game. And uh, so I don't know. I mean, yeah, no, de the defense didn't necessarily show up, but you know, they wanted a shootout and uh, what can you do at that point? If you're going to shoot out, got to come up with the the win at the end of the day. And I guess their defense uh, showed up when it mattered most when they intercepted uh, the pass on that final drive when USCLA had the ball and was possibly going to drive to win the game. So, you know, it is what it is. Alabama came in at number seven. Um, and then I think what it went Clemson. I know Tennessee was 10. Who was nine? Oregon. Can't remember. Oregon. Okay. Um, so 
there's your top 10 Penn state in at 11 on Notre Dame in at 15. So, you know, those are for the Buckeyes, you know, Penn state for Michigan as well. So, uh, not much movement outside of the top, uh, four, you know, there was a couple spots here and there. Obviously we knew Tennessee was going to be dropping for that loss. Uh, you know, I, I kind of, I mean, I, I get it. They have two good wins, but they got blown out. So I thought the maybe keeping them in the top 10 was a little, you know, I thought Penn state probably deserved the top 10 in mm-hmm. my opinion, but you know, who am I? Right. Yeah. Let's start there. So Penn state absolutely should be number 10. I mean, they, Tennessee got waxed by South Carolina an unranked teams. So Penn state might've got beat up by Michigan on the on the road. Uh, they played a very competitive game with Ohio state that went into the fourth quarter though at home. So I don't see any reason why those being their two losses to two and three that yeah. Tennessee would still be in front of them. And Tennessee got their doors blown off by Georgia as well. So it's not like they played like some super close game against Georgia. Yeah. They beat Alabama on a last second field going home. I get it. Like the year that people are talking about this Alabama team, you know, might not be the real deal that this might be a rebuild year, whatever it may be. So Tennessee absolutely does not belong there. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't have much issue. I think Clemson probably still deserves to be in front of Alabama maybe even LSU if that sounds crazy I don't know I know LSU's again they beat Alabama but they lost by 27 at home to Tennessee so I don't think we can just excuse that and keep moving them up because I don't think they're playing the fifth best football in the country you know like who was it that they had a game with the other week Arkansas yeah yeah I mean they just yeah they beat the shit out of UAB excuse my language but they didn't like they're they don't look like the fifth best team in the country and they don't look like a team that does or they don't have the resume of a team that deserves to be ranked number five in the country so I don't I don't see why they're there I mean Clemson I don't know I mean I I'm not seems like I'm not about them I mean it seems like uh just reading the tea leaves that they definitely, I mean, what year was it? Was it, was it 18 or I think it was 18. Wasn't it that they just Ohio state never seemed like they could catch any ground going into the last final week. So the, yeah. that's kind of like feeling like how Clemson is right now. It's mm-hmm. like, it's like that they're, they're not going to let them gain any inches, to, uh, you know, feel like that they're going to push in at the end of the day. So I kind of feel like Clemson's on the way out now. Yeah. You know, Grant, you you gotta because I I think if you know if LSU loses and if USC or TCU loses you know I gotta imagine that uh, it seems like at that point that the the loser of the Ohio State Michigan game will as long as it's not a blowout probably gets in over Clemson at this point it kind of feels like so you know I mean that that'll still be interesting as a one loss conference you know non champion if Clemson wins out. Um, I think you're you're on to something. I don't think you're completely wrong, though, because it does feel that way. And but really, my biggest concern or issue is USC and what you like the explanation you gave. I've already said it. Like, I don't think USC's defense is for real. I mean, I, I might even have Notre Dame beating them this week. I might have, you know, whoever they get in the championship game beating them. But if LSU played a 48 to 45 game against Mississippi or Mississippi state, 
you know, it would have been like, oh, they they held on. It was a fight for the ages. What a great game in Starksville or wherever the hell it would have been played. And UCLA is a good team. Like, you know, they're not bad. So the, they beat them 48-45 and they're getting penalized for it. Like, yeah. what, what are we doing? Like, they lost one well, one game on the road to a decent Utah team. Yeah. By one point. I mean, by one point. And you look at, uh, I mean, you look at, um, Alabama, it's like they're getting credit for, you know, I mean, what, I mean, what was that Tennessee game? It was a 50 something. The fit, I mean, they both scored in the fifties, right? Or uh, 52, like 49, something like yeah, that. So, yeah. So, you know, no defense showed up there, but <laughs> I know. And it's like, and I just, I, I never get it. The sec, like it's a completely different set of rules for the sec than it is for everyone else. Like Alabama can get, can lose to a team, but they still get all the points that that team gets for the games that they win afterwards. And no other team gets the benefit of that Dow. I mean, USC has never gotten a single thing because Utah has won any other games like that. That hasn't helped them out at all. So I don't know. It, not, it never makes sense to me, but what do I know? I mean, I'm not, I'm not on the committee. SEC bias isn't a real thing. Right. So yeah, that's yeah. Uh, Kind of seems like this year that uh you know if the twelve team con- if the twelve team playoff was this year I mean you you'd get what you get your six conference ch- champions you know the loser of Michigan Ohio State would be in it you're assuming you know it, it seems like at that point then that's seven teams so and it seems like what are we gonna get five SEC teams added I to it I mean you would think that you know possibly if USC would lose to uh, you know. Utah that both Utah and UCLA or USC would get in, but it's like, <laughs> it just seems like, or whoever they're going to be playing and that, you know, but it's just, yeah, it seems like that, you know, that's just crazy that uh, it just seems like the, all these sec schools are just like right there, to, uh, you know, just make sure that, you know, whoever, um, you know, whoever needs that SEC school to be in the top 10 is in the top 10 so they can push them in. And uh, that's just kind of how I feel about it. I mean, and I'm a fan of Ohio State. And even I'm going to say, and it's not only just about SEC. I mean, it just feels like this year the committee is deliberately, you know, posturing how they want this to play out the entire way that, you know, they want it to be either two SEC schools or both Ohio State, Michigan. And they're trying to put as many roadblocks as possible in front of teams that should honestly be fifth and sixth right now. So, I mean, again, as a fan of Ohio State, you know, maybe it it makes you feel semi decent that you might still back into this game or back into the playoffs, even if the game doesn't go your way. But I don't appreciate it as a whole for, you know, college football as a fan of the sport. I think they're just I don't know. They're. I, they're just doing a disservice. That's all. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll hit rankings again next week uh, as we'll have more clarity after the Ohio state Michigan sure game. Will. And uh, you know, we will, we will ever, we will know whether we just need to win the big 10 title or if uh, who do we need to kind of lose coming down the stretch to kind of push us forward. So, you know, obviously it's now getting into the big one. You know, let's start talking about Michigan. So hit us up with your stats and then we will get into some of this stuff. Okay. Well, um, I don't know how I want to deliver this first. So let's okay, well, let's talk about Ohio State's offense versus Michigan's defense. 
at first. Um, so what I did for Ohio State's offense is I took, and I know there's other ways you can look at these stats, um, but I took their passing yards per game, rushing yards per game, and points per game, and I just kind of compared it to everyone's season averages of what they were giving up, but also Ohio State's season averages. So um, just to see, you know, what they've been doing to other defenses that they've played so far. So um, if I'm looking at what they gained against what the opposition's been giving up, really, I mean, Ohio State's offense has just been a freaking machine all year long. And I don't think people always realize that because I know that some of like our stretch runs have seemed like they haven't worked or maybe the um, passing game has gotten a little loose at times where it seems like CJ, I don't want to say disinterested, but he might be trying to make a little something out of nothing. And there's better times to hold on to that ball. Um, so the only times this year that we did not beat the defense's averages of what they give up. So Rutgers passing, we did not get what they, you know, average giving up in a game, but we did almost get about double of what they give up as far as points in that game. So the passing, you know, shortcoming did not hurt us whatsoever because we almost, like I said, we almost scored double of what they normally give up. Um, Iowa, we got a little bit over half the rushing production against them, what they typically give up in a game. We scored four times the amount of what Iowa gives up in a normal game, though. Uh, Penn State was a little bit under one time, or yeah, like 87% of what they normally give up rushing is what we got. So we were, you know, worse than what they normally give up, but we scored almost two and a half times what they give up in a game. The only real outlier is that Northwestern game where, yeah. you know, we had, we actually went over a hundred percent of what they give up on the ground. And we actually went over a hundred percent of what we normally get too. Um, but we only got about 40% of what they normally give up passing and uh, less than what they normally give up in a game. So that's the only outlier of which, you know, we didn't actually score more than what the team normally gives up and that we struggled offensively along the way. And that actually affected the outcome of points. Now, if you look at like what we did compared to what our actual averages are, um, Notre Dame was, I believe, the only game on here that we were below our average in that game in all three categories. So that's the first game of the year. And that's after losing, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba like halfway yep. into the first quarter. So there was a lot of stuff for us to figure out. Um, outside of that though, you know, even like Arkansas state, we were a little low on two of the categories, but we exceeded one, but we were really close on our points per game. And we've been really close on our points per game everywhere, except Again, Northwestern. I mean, because anyone else, like Iowa, we scored actually more than what we average in a game. Penn State, we were just right below it. Uh, Maryland, just right below it. Arkansas State, just right below it. So Northwestern is the only outlier there. So anyone that wants, oh, they struggle with Northwestern, like, I think you can look at these and say, hey, man, it, <laughs> it's because of the wind, you know, like it, yeah, we were playing a freaking hurricane. Like, I'm sorry, but 
that's what happened. So Ohio State's offense, they have been a machine all year. And people, I think, you know, people do need to recognize that they do need to respect that. Now, on the flip side of that, though, Michigan's defense has been an absolute unit this year. And I know I had posed the question to you earlier, like, have they just not played anybody yet? And I think that could still be the issue. Um but, you know, nobody has scored their average points per game against Michigan. I mean, actually, if you average it all out, they're giving up about like half of what people score per game. Um, passing yardage. If you average it out, it's like point it's 80 percent. So that's actually that's not a bad sign for Ohio State, uh, Maryland and Iowa actually and Rutgers all went over their season averages of passing the ball. We know that's Ohio State's strength. We know that's where Ohio State likes to get the biggest, you know, most yards that they can. And of course, running the ball. I mean, Michigan's really good. Again, they're giving about half production of what teams normally are getting. So it's not going to be easy. I mean, I think, you know, Michigan is a really good team, really good defense. But I think it's just it's an interesting way to look at it, just how good both of these offenses have been this year, or I'm sorry, how good the offense and the defense have been, you know, respectively for these teams. And even when Ohio state has seemed to struggle, they haven't struggled at the outcome of the game. Now comparing just head to head Ohio state's offense versus Michigan's offense. And then Ohio state, Michigan's defense. Cause I think some of these numbers are interesting. So um, Ohio state is averaging so yard per completion, they're averaging 9.7 yards. So uh, 60 and that's 67% completion percentage on 220 passes. Michigan's averaging 7.8 yards per completion. That's 66% completion percentage on 193 passes. So Michigan's averaging a whole two, yes, two less yards per pass completed. And that might seem like a little number. That's not a little number. That's a big number, though, when you're looking at this. Yards per rush are identical. Ohio State's is actually a little bit more than Michigan's. Now, granted, it's on less rushes. Michigan has about 80 more rushes on the season, but they're both running at a 5.5 yard per carry clip. Ohio State's is, I think, a 5.53, and Michigan's is a 5.51. So it's really close. But Michigan does not have this decided edge rushing the ball that Ohio State does not. Um, yards per catch Ohio state's receivers have more third down percentage to get a first down on third down Ohio state's at a 47.8% Michigan's at a 46.9 and those numbers aren't a huge difference, but it's so close. And people think that Ohio state can't pick up short yardage first downs, um, fourth down percentage, Michigan's a little bit higher. They're at 87.5 Ohio state's at a 75 points per game. Ohio State scoring about a touchdown more per game. 46 and a half, 39.4 for Michigan. Uh rushing yards per game, Ohio State is the 20th ranked team at 203 yards per game. Michigan's the 4th ranked team at 245 yards per game. Passing yards per game, Ohio State has 290. Michigan has 209. So again, big difference in the pass game red zone percentage. Ohio State actually scores more in the red zone, 96% with 43 touchdowns. Uh, Michigan's at 93% with 38 touchdowns. Now, pass efficiency. So these are just some advanced metrics. Uh, I don't have to go into too much of it, but Ohio State has 3181, 3,181 yards on 220 completions. They rank number two in the country for pass efficiency. Uh, that's a rating of 182 and then uh, Michigan ranks number 30. So again, huge difference in the pass game. 
where they have 2,297 yards on 193 completions, and that's 147.7 rating. So, again, you know, it's just like the rushing game is so much closer than what the passing game is. Uh, Rushing touchdowns, Ohio State has 29, Michigan has 32. So they only have three more rushing touchdowns on the year than what Ohio State does. Run a hell of a lot more, and they really are just moving the ball just as well as Ohio State is running the ball. Passing touchdowns. Ohio State has 36. Michigan has 16. So three more rushing touchdowns for Michigan, 20 more passing touchdowns for Ohio State. Um, so I thought that was interesting because I think, I mean, I think that just shows the numbers are in Ohio State's favor when it comes to, you know, who can move the ball defensively. So again, this is Michigan's strength. So let's take a look at that. Um, total defense. So this one, Michigan's the number two total defense in the country. They're giving up 4.1 yard per play. Ohio State's only ninth, 4.54. So they're not they're not a liability giving up yards whatsoever. Yards per rush, Michigan or Ohio State gives up 3.08, 3.1. You know, they're 15th ranked in the country. Michigan gives up 2.79 yards. They're second ranked. Point per game, uh, Ohio State gives up 16.91. Michigan gives up 11.73, so they're second again in the country. Pass efficiency, Ohio State's 28th. We've we've noticed that that could be a weakness at different times. Michigan's second. Turnovers, Ohio State has 17 to Michigan's 11. Third down defense, Ohio State's a better third down defense, barely. It's 29% that teams convert on Ohio State on third down. Michigan is 30, so I guess you could really say they're about the same. Uh, fourth down defense, exactly the same, 30% to 30%. Sacks, Ohio State has 31. Michigan has 31. Uh, red zone defense, Ohio State gives up 91% of the time teams get in the red zone. Ohio State does give up scores. Um, 22 trips, 13 touchdowns. So even over half the time, they've actually given up touchdowns, whereas Michigan gives up 79% of the time they give up points. They've given up nine touchdowns in 19 trips. So they're half under half of giving up touchdowns. So that's a big number right there. Tackles for loss. Ohio State is uh, 77 tackles for loss. Michigan has 60. And then a pressure rating from Pro Football Focus Plus. Ohio State has a 90.3. Michigan has an 81.3. So Ohio State, I think they, they're busier getting behind the line of scrimmage and creating pressures. So I just thought it was interesting because I think, you know, there's all these numbers out there of how excellent Michigan's defense is and Ohio State's only an offense. And I I mean, I do think maybe they're both more complete than what people realize, but I think Ohio State's a lot more closer to being complete on both sides of the ball than Michigan is being a complete offensive team. And I think that's important to look at because I think that means it's easier for, one of us to make the other one one dimensional yeah and that's really that that's what i got right now as far as those stats so hopefully that was easy enough to hang or follow along with definitely a lot of uh i mean there's definitely the numbers at least the numbers show that it's you know it's much more even in a lot of spots than i think some people think of and you know ohio state is a more prolific passing team and you know and they might be second in the country in pass efficiency but you know, I'm just not really settled yet. I, who they, I mean, who they play. They've never, running. they have not played a team that pushes the ball. Like Ohio State, Maryland and Maryland, Maryland was the one And Maryland. 
they got over what their normal average was. So they were not a very, you know, good passing defense against Maryland. Yeah. And you would, and you know, you could argue if Illinois was a better passing team that, you know, Michigan would have been a lot more trouble this weekend than a lot of people possibly think they would have been. And, mm-hmm. um, and Penn state, I would have to say that, you know, Penn state threw the ball much better against us than they did against them. But it was like Penn state. And that's not saying that, we were bad defensively against Penn state. I just think Penn state for whatever reason, they were in, they had a much better game plan going into that game. They got, so Michigan was shutting. I mean, that first half was weird. It was like Michigan was dominating them so much, but it just wasn't reflecting on the scoreboard. Yeah. And then it finally, it finally reflected it on the scoreboard in the second half. And, you know, Penn state, it was like, they got so demoralized that, uh, you know, Michigan was just running the ball all over them. It just, it seemed like it just translated right to their offense too. And they weren't really even trying to throw the ball down the field against Michigan as mm-hmm. much as they were trying to throw it down the field against us. So just that was just a couple of points. I thought um, if you think about possible, you know, weaknesses that, you know, different things can exploit, you know, I think, you know, Ohio state, I think both have possible weaknesses against other teams passing but I don't know which one that really hurts more because I think we're a much more prolific passing team than, you know, Michigan is. And, you know, so I would think that even though we've given up some yards down the field and there were some concerns last week against Maryland and some concerns at different times against Penn state that, you know, that we are so much better throwing the ball than they are that it seems like, cause they have some issues in my opinion too, you know, shutting down the pass. And I just think that, you know, we can take a much more better advantage of it than they can. Um, but, you know, they throw the ball to the tight ends and stuff like that. And, you know, the middle of the field passing game, even though I think we are much more improved this year, it's still, you know, there's still some lingering things in there that, mm-hmm. you know, Michigan's probably, they're more built to do some of that stuff. Um, but even though I, I, I don't think they're, linebackers can cover it all. I actually think our linebackers probably cover a little bit better. I think so. And, and we've, uh, you know, we've gotten Stover and a lot of it probably is because Jackson Smith's been hurt, but Stover's been so much more into the game plan this year than we've had tight ends and, you know, and pre so mm-hmm. maybe their tight end advantage against linebackers is negated a little bit because, you know, we can do a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I think, you know, that might be a weakness for both teams is the the pass to the middle of the field to a tight end or where a linebacker has to be in coverage. Um, what I've seen from Ohio State that is concerning, one, of course, the 50-50 balls, but Michigan hasn't connected on those, so I don't know how scared I am of that. I mean, I think J.J. McCarthy does have an arm. I think their receivers do have talent, but... I don't know. I mean, that's just like, that's where our issue has been is when the ball's been thrown up and our cornerback's been right there and Michigan hasn't caught those balls. Um, As far as, you know, but another one against Ohio state though, has also been when the passes have been extended and someone either tight end or receiver gets to sit down in a zone because the quarterback's back is extending the plays with his feet. I mean, I do see JJ McCarthy being able to do that. Um, I'm just not, I don't know if I'm confident with him throwing back against his body 
Well, they, and like they I said, was with like Talia or even Sean Clifford. Like, I think he again, I think he has the arm, but I think he's had some accuracy issues. And I don't know, making him make those throws constantly, if it's something that he can hit as much as those other guys did. Yeah, I think Blackledge was it Blackledge that had their game last. Yes. Week? Um, you know, he was pointing it out that, you know, I mean, McCarthy is very he's much better when he's forced to go to his right than he is when he has to go to his left. And he, he has a lot of problems going to his left. So, I mean, I think that's definitely, obviously, I'm sure Knowles has seen that, mm-hmm. you know, that has been brought up by Blackledge. I'm sure Knowles has seen it. The other defensive coaches have seen it. So I think if, you know, maybe that's kind of a, you know, that could be a kind of a thing. Try to force him to go that way. Have somebody that could set the edge over there so he can't just take off with it. But, you know, maybe force him more to his left and try to see if he can correct some of those errors. You know, I, I do like McCarthy as a quarterback. I, I think, honestly, their biggest problem with him, and it seems like that they've went downhill a little bit over the last couple of weeks throwing the ball because it has gotten a little harder for Michigan to run over the last few weeks, even though they've done pretty well, you know. And, but last week, Coram got hurt. And I think kind of the difference between the two things, I mean, we've had issues running the ball this year, but Dallin Hayden's got in a lot. He's got the fresh leg. And he showed that last week where he can run the ball, where I think that they've concentrated too much Michigan, possibly on Corum and, you know, Edwards, maybe that they should have tried to get some of those other guys in and some of those blowouts. And maybe they should have let McCarthy throw it around a little bit more just because, you know, you know, it was like kind of Michigan is in their comfort zone. It's like, well, we don't have to throw it if we don't have to throw it. Well, you know, there's going to, there could be a point in the season where you have to throw it. Right. Ohio state has to force them to get into that part of the season. Like we can't have another game like what we did last year, but if Ohio state, you know, from what I've seen last week specifically, you know, if Ohio state can get, you know, them behind their numbers a little bit, you know, that I would think that, you know, they could force McCarthy into some really bad throws because, he just doesn't seem as comfortable when the game is completely arrested on his shoulders. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that was kind of what I saw against Illinois. I think if that was, you know, a, like, I think if that was Maryland last week, I don't know if Michigan wins that game. Like, you know, there were some spots in there where I think a better offensive team, you know, I mean, I know Illinois has their, their, you know, their identity, but I think of a better passing team with a good running game would have beat Michigan last well, week. Well, I mean, they only beat that, they only beat Maryland by seven. So Maryland yeah. gave them a game. And I believe Maryland got I think Maryland outgained them in a game just like they outgained us. Like I, I think it was very similar, except our game. I mean, it's kind of how they played out. Maryland kind of backed into a seven point game, whereas we kind of backed into the two score game against Maryland, but they were very similar games. Maryland gave them all, you know, they could handle as well. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely think, um, you know, on some of that stuff. So, you know, you know, getting into the things now, the teams, you know, what they need to do, you know, for this game. I mean, I mean, you can't argue that it obviously it it feels like it's going to come down very much like it came down last year. It's that it's Ohio State's defense against their offense. If Mm -hmm. Michigan establishes their will at the line of scrimmage and can run the ball and get into third and manageables and second and manageables and stuff like that, then, you know, I'm not saying Ohio state is, 
they're going to lose like they did last year, but it's going to be a much more difficult game. And, you know, if you're going to let Michigan control the game offensively, then, you know, there is going to be spots where, you know, Ohio state, like, I don't know if like in last year's game in that second half, it's like Michigan just got up by enough that every time, because Ohio state was answering them pretty much the whole second. Right. Half. But they were up two scores. They were up two scores. So it's like, you know, we cannot let, you know, Michigan dictate that game to get up to that point so that we're always in striking distance just in case that's the game is, you know, how, you know, it plays out. Now, on the other hand, if we can shut down their running game, Ohio State should have no problem, you know, barring some crazy stuff on offense. If they can control Michigan's running game, I don't see how Ohio State cannot get up by two scores. Mm-hmm. And once I think it, I don't know if Michigan has the ability to keep on getting it back into one score. Right. Like, you know, I think the point against Michigan, and I know we have not seen it this year, but from what I've seen is that if Ohio state can slow their running game down and they get up by two scores, then, and eventually to me, the floodgates will open and, you know, I'm not saying they're going to beat them by 40, but you know, they could beat them by three touchdowns. Like, you know, yeah, I, I think I'm kind of in the same thought process as you. I would say Michigan's, you know, path to success is um, obviously being able to control both lines of scrimmage, uh, being able to run successfully again in the second half. But like you said, they got to be able to keep it close. So you got to, you know, whether that is getting Ohio State off the field or just trading touchdowns for field goals with Ohio State whatever it may be um, the second one actually might be more effective. Let Ohio state kind of run the clock out on themselves. You know, don't let them into the end zone. Um, even though I've talked about how prolific of a pass game Ohio state has, if you can, you know, limit what Ohio state can do on the ground and you make Ohio state throw the ball, you know, 40 plus times that has never been a recipe for success for Ohio state. I mean, it's always been best when we can have some sort of balance in the play calling and if, if you can't do that, then you're in big trouble. Um, and keeping it, I think third, third and plus seven is going to be, you know, what, what your best bet is for Michigan. Even though Ohio State's been there a lot this year and it hasn't hurt them too bad, this is going to be the better def or best defense that they've played up to this point. Um, for Ohio State. I think it's just finding those mismatches. I think what's his name, Jesse Minner. That's the defensive coordinator. Yeah, I do think he's going to play, you know, a man defense, press man defense. So being able to find ways to, you know, whether it be the crossing routes that they did before or just individually, if your receivers can step up and, you know, burn those man coverages, whatever it may be, but you got to beat those plays. Um, Of course, I, I think Dallin Hayden might be a recipe for success on offense because he is healthy. He's shown that he can run very well. I mean, very effectively the last two weeks. I don't know if I would try to give him 30 touches in a game of this magnitude, but definitely give him the ball. You know, I might even start off with him as the starting running back and spell him with the other guys. Um, And it seems like out of all the running backs on both teams that he is definitely the one with the freshest legs that has, the most talent. Yeah. Playing time is because it seems like the two guys that they had come in and for Michigan last week, it's like, obviously that they haven't played a lot because, you know, they just, 
They were not anywhere near Corum or Edwards. So like, and I assume one of those guys will be back. You just don't know how healthy they are. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. I assume one or the other of Trey and Mayan are going to play if not both, but we just don't know how healthy they are. And, you know, Dallin is obviously the healthiest out of all of them. Right. So offensively, you know, Ohio state's got to stay on schedule. I mean, that's the most important thing, you know, being able to get at least three yards on first downs, I think is going to be huge for them. Um, but, you know, getting up, obviously, you know, getting a two score lead is going to help them tremendously because I don't think Michigan can come back from that defensively, though. It's going to be simple. Load the box, make JJ beat you with his arm. Yeah. And Coram gets the ball. Coram's healthy and playing. And same thing with Edwards is when you got to wrap, you, you got to hit them at the line of scrimmage and you got to wrap up these kids. They fight three extra yards and they're both good at it. Coram, especially, you know, so don't let them, you know, you got to whoever gets to him wrap up, hold him in place. Mm-hmm. And the other guys have to swarm him at that point. You cannot let him, you can't think that I don't care how small he looks. You can't think that you're just going to smack him and he's going to fall over. You know, he's not, and I think he's proven that now that right. he's not that type of running back. So, you know, first guy up needs to wrap him up and then you're going to need tax extra people to tackle him and bring him to the ground. And, you know, and I think if they can do that, consistently, you know, they can hold him to two yard gains, three yard gains. And, you know, and that's where Michigan starts, you know, like Michigan is when, if they're at third and three, they're really where I think, Oh, they're deadly. Like Ohio state is actually pretty good at third and six where, you know, if Michigan is doing a lot of third and three and six, third and sixes in this game, you know, Ohio state's got a lot of, you know, they are in the advantage, you know, but if they can get that below third and, you know, third and four, third and three, third and two, you know, and then Michigan's in a much better place right. than, you know, people would, you know, that they can easily convert those things. So, you know, that's the thing for Ohio state where Ohio state, you know, can get away with third and fives and third and six. And Ohio state's defense can hold Michigan to a lot of those. And we saw that in the second half last week against Illinois, you know, Michigan, I mean, they, punted the ball how many times in a row. It was just like they they were having a hard, very hard time getting first downs after that point once they didn't have running backs that they trusted anymore. I'm interested to see how Jim Knowles can go about calling this game, depending on who's healthy, who's playing for Michigan as a running back. I was thinking about this earlier, and I don't know if this is a great analogy or not, but you know how like we've seen our coaches like, you know, like Jeff Halfley used to make great halftime adjustments. Uh, Ryan day, I think has made exceptional halftime adjustments this season. I think Jim Knowles has made really good halftime adjustments, but Jim Knowles to me, he kind of like, he can make adjustments before things become a problem. Like he can see what a team's tendencies are doing. And he knows like, Hey, eventually that's going to hit like Iowa. You know, we saw three linebackers, earlier than maybe we even needed to see them, but he was like, Hey, you know what? That, that possibly could hit. So let's just get this out there, you know, to be able to stop it. But it's also like, and I was thinking about like a boxer that he's like a great cut man, you know, like a little bit of damage is getting inflicted and he's just like, he, he starts working on the cut and he's like, you know, you get you get the plan so it doesn't get any worse and then eventually that cut's gonna heal up and it shouldn't be an issue 
later on in the game, later on in the fight, as long as it's been taken care of. And I feel like Jim Knowles is kind of like that, that he can get that cut tended to really quickly. Give you, you know, a plan can be laid out in front of you to get you to halftime to where that second half that he can make that full adjustment and you're never even going to notice that cut. It's not going to hurt you. So I yeah. think, I mean, if Michigan fans and the Michigan football team, if they are expecting Kerry Combs again and not, not to go after coach Combs whatsoever, but if they're expecting a undisciplined defense that didn't know where they were supposed to line up and never got right throughout the game, I think they are going to be very disappointed and a lot more anxious by the end of this game than what they were feeling last year in the fourth quarter. Um, yeah. Where that could be neutralized and where I think it's interesting. Cause I think we can see a lot of like, three linebackers are big, you know, a big safety in the box in this game. Donovan Edwards is an exceptional pass catcher out of the backfield. though, And yeah. I don't know if a third linebacker can stay with him that you might have to stay with that third safety that's in the box, but I don't know if you can give up, let's say the size of like a proctor for a Cam Martinez or for, you know, a Tanner McAllister, because you might need that bigger body that can go down there. Like, I don't think Sonny Styles is getting the play in this game, at least not, yeah. you know, the lion's share of the snaps, but you, you need that bigger dude that can, you know, bang with those dudes at the line of scrimmage. Also, uh, you know, if you really think about the difference is that last year, I mean, they only played with six guys in the box last year. They played with their four down linemen and their two linebackers. Mm -hmm hardly ever was one of those, those nickel players up, uh, you know, they were playing right. with basically two corners, a nickel and two safeties, you know, this year it's different. And you know what? I actually think we'll see a lot of, and whether it's, you will not play anything less than seven man than men. In right. the box. So there is going to be somebody up there. But you're probably going to get a lot safeties. of eight. Yeah. And I, you could probably see nine, but the difference with Knowles and last year is I think we'll see a lot of eight and nine guys in the box but not all of them are going to stay in the box. Right. And I think that's the things that they're going to try to throw at Michigan's offense this year is like, who's dropping out and who's staying in. Are they blitzing? Are they not blitzing? I think he's going to show a lot of different looks, a lot of run blitzes where they're mm -hmm. going to attack these gaps, but you're just not going to know where the necessarily the gaps are. So, you know, in court, in both Corum and Edwards, they have some good vision, but you know, that's going to be stuff that they probably haven't seen all year. And I think, I think Ohio State's going to do a lot of that. We're going to see a lot of eight, nine guys in the box, but somebody, one or two of those guys are going to drop out and somebody's going to, you know, stay up there. I mean, we could even see where, you know, there's eight guys in the box and one back, a safety back, but one of the eight guy drops back and the nine, eight and the guy that's back comes up. Like you can see a lot of different things that I think Knowles is going to do because We'll see if McCarthy can see it. We're going to see if the running backs can see it. We're going to see if the offensive line can see it. It's going to be like, you know, and I just think he's going to throw a lot of different things from a lot of different angles mm -hmm. to really, really confuse them. And, you know, and I, that is something they didn't have to see last year. And so that's something where it's going to be a lot different for them. Word on the street is Michigan cannot run block or they cannot block a bare front. So we'll see if that's uh if that's a thing or not. Did you, before we start finishing up, I, th I mean, I, cause I think we went over, you know, where we think each team can be successful. Um, I don't know if we focused a lot on Michigan or not. I, I mean, I think if they extend plays that they have a good shot. If Michigan, if Michigan has what they did last year, they'll win, you know, 
they're going to, they're going to have a good chance to win. I think Ohio state is still a better team than they were last year. So I think even if Michigan is pushing Ohio state a little bit around at different spots of the game, I don't necessarily think that that's a guaranteed win for Michigan. Cause I don't know if Michigan can get up to the two scores that they had last year. Yeah. I think the game's going to be a lot tighter where, you know, even Ohio state, if they still get the ball at the last play, the last one to get the ball, they could go down and win the game where I'm yeah. a lot more confident this year is if Michigan does build a two score lead, I think Knowles can get a turnover. I think he can make them punt where we didn't do that at all no. last year Nothing. in the second quarter or I second mean, half. So yeah, I, we I didn't, we didn't pressure them on that type of right. So I, I'd still have faith that we can get them to give us the ball back something else that's not a scoring drive um before we finish up though did you see sam webb what he said today about illinois how they had success against michigan last week but ohio state won't because ohio state doesn't have the personnel of illinois they don't have the toughness or the coaching of illinois and i about like i about fell out of my work chair mike (laughs) we don't have the personnel of illinois yeah, I was laughing really hard about that too. I don't know if you saw it. I think it was yesterday. They're one of their other guys that I think it's that's was that Steve Lorenz or whatever, uh, whatever. I think it was him. Whatever podcast he was on, I guess he made a comment that he doesn't think Ohio Michigan has a chance of winning the game. That it'll be like 31-21 just because you know they were too one dimensional against Illinois. And Ohio State's a lot better for teams. So it's funny because that's like both like one of them was like super pessimistic coming out of right. the Illinois game, and the other one was like super confident. And you know, I think after last year's game, it's kind of I'm not saying this is back to where it's uh throw out the records times, but I mean, and they're both undefeated. I mean, this is it feels like big two little eight, you know, even though it's a lot more than little eight now, but it's <laughs> uh it just seems like the they were on a collision course all year and they got there. So, you know, I expect this, like I said, I think if Ohio state can get to a two point lead, a two score lead, then Ohio state is very much in the advantage and they're going to, they're going to cruise in a very conservative way to victory. I don't think it's going to be like necessarily 2018, 2019, but you know, I could see Ohio state winning by 17 to 20 points, you know, 21 points if they get to the two score lead, if they don't get to the two score lead and it's like a real dog fight, you know, that it could be, you know, Moody, he's a good kicker. It could be whoever gets the ball last, uh, yeah. it wins the game. You know, I don't see it getting into if Ohio state's passing game is on and Michigan's running game is not on. I don't see this being a shootout per se, mm-hmm. um, where it could be a very close game as if it's a, if it's a much more defensive game than a lot of people's, possibly is expecting or if they are kind of both scoring at will just maybe us on the passing side Michigan on the running side you know that could be you know not necessarily a dogfight or a shootout but maybe you know you could kind of get into a 31 24 type game and something like that so you know there's a lot of different possibilities that it could go um I do like you know in hindsight you know I felt like I don't know. Maybe it was the Michigan state game. You know, I, I felt a lot better going into that game last year that, uh, the, the, that we were going to just cruise to victory. You know, it could have been the bias of all the years we've been beating them up. Right. But you know, or just beating, know, the I, cr- beating the crap out of someone that beat them earlier in the season. Yeah. And so it was just like, you know, 
at the end of the day, I know our defense isn't great, but you know, Michigan can't really do a lot. They just run the ball. So yeah, our defense is not that great, but how hard is it going to be just to throw eight guys to the box? I guess I was never expecting that they would ever try to go to eight guys. Well, I mean, I, I said the same thing last year. I mean, that's why uh, I'm, I'm afraid to like throw it out there again this year. But what I said last year was that they're just, they're too run heavy that Ohio state would recognize that Cade McNamara wasn't a dynamic enough quarterback. They needed to try to make him beat them. And Ohio state ultimately was going to shut down the run and Cade McNamara couldn't beat them. And Ohio state, I don't even think forced the third down the entire second half. Like, I mean, they were, they were running at like nine yards, a clip or something. I mean, it was crazy, maybe eight yards, but they just ran all over Ohio state's defense in that second half. Like if, if Michigan would have ended up beating us by the same score and if it was all McNamara because, you know, we put eight, nine guys in the box and we didn't let them run the ball on us at all. Yeah. I would learn to live with it. Like I know know. it's just like they, they didn't do anything. And I, and I know they weren't, you know, we, we had linebackers, but none of them were healthy last year, but man, like you didn't even need, you know, the right, the right type of linebackers out there. You could have had three middle linebackers playing out there. It wouldn't have made a difference. You know, they were just running right at you, but yeah, yeah, that was, that was a tough one. So I, I don't know if I'll be so bold to say that Michigan doesn't have the offense to beat Ohio state this time around. We got a couple of days though, to think about that before we make our predictions. Um, I feel good to get out of here. Do you have anything else you want to talk about before we wrap this one up? Nope. Just before uh, we sign off, just uh, want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, you know, looking forward to, you know, getting together with the family and uh, enjoying a nice big meal. So hopefully everybody else, you know, gets to enjoy uh, time off and stuff with their loved ones. And, uh, you know, best of luck to, you know, first responders and stuff that don't get Thanksgiving off and to all the Black Friday uh, retail workers that uh, get to deal with that craziness on Fridays. So, you know, happy Thanksgiving to everybody and uh, we can get on out of here. All right. Well, thank you everyone for stopping in tonight to the Buckeye Bar. I'm John. And I'm Mike. O-H-I-O. I-O.